check, check, check. Hello? We're back? Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you're back. Um, Bryce, uh, he doesn't know this, but I know everyone went to Starbucks last week in Pete's because they didn't have to. They're like, oh, he's not here. He can't tell us what to do. <laughs> All right. Who made it? Who made it to 12 o'clock midnight? All you people on? Yeah, we did. Ashley and I did. Gosh, that was a first. <laughs> it was terrible. No, usually we like, cause you know, like you get the day off from work and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, let's have people over. Right. And we're sitting, you know, New Year's Eve and not this year, but like years in the past. We're like, why are people still here? You know, like, why don't they go home? So we all go to bed. Right. And they're like, you gonna stay how long? <laughs> we have to watch what, you know, but uh, we watched the ball drop in Seattle, which is fun. We usually make it to New York. That's our goal, right? We make it to New York. It's in America. We're good. We can go to bed, right? So um, happy you're here. Hey, halfway, halfway joking, halfway not. Congratulations. You have a perfect record in 2021 of coming to church. And that's, I'm joking a little bit, but seriously, it's a good, it's a good start, right? I'm going to steal a quote from my, one of my closest friends, Michael, uh, Michael Scott. He's not a superstitious. He's a little stitious, right? And, and it's when you start the year off, right, you're, you're, you're just bound to keep going, right? If you skip church the first Sunday, you know, what's going to be in it for the rest of the year? You know what I mean? So, hey, good job on you. Um, I'm super happy to do this sermon, because Scott did last week's sermon. Uh, I am done with 2020. I'm tired of it. I'm going to reference it because I have to, but uh, my little insight on me, my favorite part of meeting, meetings just in general, is not to talk about what went wrong. It's not to talk about what went right, right? My favorite part, what I get excited about, is using that stuff and talking about next year. You know what I mean? Talking about what happens Camp Rock next year or summer camp next year, winter camp next year, Mexico next year, whatever. That's when I get excited. That's when I'm like, yeah, I actually show up, right? And I actually have discussion and stuff like that, right? Uh, and that is this sermon. I'm super excited because you should go back, watch the sermon last week because this is the unofficial sermon of trusting God in 2021, right? We talked about last year, we talked about how, and, and this is the abridged version, right? Just in case we talked about how, how can God exist if 2020, uh, 2020 exists, right? The, the old saying that people, oh, gotcha, Christians, you know, like how, how can a good and all controlling God exist if good things happen to bad people or bad things happen to good people, right? Now they're saying, how can God and all good God exist and be on all control if there's years like 2020? And, and Scott, um, uh, very appropriately, reminded us that, hey, uh, there's maybe we don't know everything. He had the crazy audacity to say, hey, maybe we're not God, right? And maybe, just maybe, there's a bigger story going on. There's more to it than just uh, what's happening, right? And, 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 and he introduced us to one of, one of the very many, many, many famouses, but this is one of them, verses of the Bible, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, right? And, 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 and he even said the crazy thing that, hey, 
maybe wisdom, certain types of wisdom can lead you to a bad place. And maybe you are a genius and maybe you are wise and maybe you are making some very, very poor life decisions because of it, right? And maybe, maybe we need to trust God with 2020. So uh, we're going to continue right from there. Uh, We started in Proverbs, uh, we did 3, 1 through 7 last week, and we're going to go Proverbs 3, 8 through 35 this week. We're just going to finish up the chapter. Uh, Before we get to that, I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, we thank you uh, for this day. We thank you for what it means. We thank you for a new start, for a fresh start. Uh, you know, like we all agree that it's kind of arbitrary, but it's not. We're arbitrary people. Like we don't, we don't, you know, think, things are silly. We do silly things, but it means something to us. And, and we can take this opportunity to have a fresh start with you, God. Uh, I pray for this message. Speak through me, God. And I, and I pray uh, that we could just learn more about you and your love for us. Amen. Well, um, like I said, we're starting off the year, right? We're saying, how do we trust God in 2021? Well, verse eight, it says we, uh, and and that's why I gave you this, this little summary of what was going on, because it's going to start off with a statement that we're not going to understand. It's going to, it's going to say, Hey, because of all of these things leading up to this point, it, so trusting in the Lord, not leading on what you believe, what you think, trusting in the Lord, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That is special. See, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, right? You online, maybe you do. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you, you passed it a long time ago. Something happened when I turned 30, right? It's magical. It's wonderful. You go to bed. You wake up uh, more tired than when you went to bed somehow, right? Your body said you needed it. You know, you wanted it. You went to bed, you woke up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. I need my coffee. I need a little stretch. I need a little relax. That's not what this is talking talking about. Uh, have you ever had like a stressful day? No, right? No. No, everyone has, right? You, you, you're not looking for this. You're, you're tossing and turning all light. You got a, a interview, a presentation. You got a, a big project. You got something in the morning, and you are stressed about it. You can't go to bed, right? It's the classic, like, high school. I didn't study or do any of my homework, and I have finals, but it's not my fault. My teacher hates me, right? And, and you're just stressed, and you can't do anything about it. You're tossing and turning all night, and the next day, it's over and it and it's terrible it's wonderful it doesn't matter it's over and that's good and you get to go home and you have a little glass of wine and you talk it over and you just take a breath and the world's okay and that 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 load that's been on your shoulders and you're so stressed and you're so tense and your muscles relax and, and, and you get so relaxed, like, I don't know about you, sometimes I get, like, sick. Like, I'll just be like, I'll get done with, like, Camp Rock or Summer Camp or something, and I'm just like, woo, and I, just, I get so tired, right? And you go to bed, and just everything calms down, and you just sleep, and you wake up refreshed. That's what's going on here, right? When we approach 2021, that's the kind of refreshment that we can have. Now, that's, that sounds crazy because how do you finish 2020 refreshed when so many people are limping and crawling <laughs> into 2021? How do you enter it refreshed? 
And here's the better question. How does trusting in the Lord make a difference? It still happened, right? And I'm not going to lie, like 2020, there was a lot of stuff that just happened other than the pandemic, right? Like there was stuff going on that a lot of people, the pandemic was the last thing in their minds, right? The first couple months of the pandemic, Ash and I were not worried about the pandemic. We had stuff going on, death, job changes, moving, other family moving, funerals, all this family drum. Tons of stuff. The last thing that was on our minds were masks. It wasn't important. It was important to us, but in comparison, we had so much more going on. How at the end of that can we feel refreshed? Trusting in the Lord. It sounds absurd. Try it. I could sit up here. And we could spend the rest of the today talking about it. I'm not going to because some of you guys are going to be like, oh, that doesn't sound like for me. Uh, try it. Try it in 2021. You, you, hey, hey, it might not great. Just give it a shot. What if you say, hey, this crazy thing happened to me, but God's in control. These family members are fighting and they're ter- and I have to choose a side. What if you trust it and give it to God? Try it. Give it a shot. What's there to hurt, right? Uh, that's the kind of idea. You get refreshed. It's renewed. You get a new shot, a new opportunity. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. There's a word we don't understand. It doesn't make sense to us. We live in California and Northern California and it makes no sense first fruits, right? It's in the Bible all the time and it means nothing to us, right? We can kind of infer what it means, first fruits, right? You're smart. You'll get it, right? But this is idea of like produce, of farming, right? This idea of first fruits means more than just the first of what you get. The idea of first fruits is important. It's special. It's unique, right? Why? Well, because first fruits tells you a lot about your next year, right? If your first fruits, if, if what you made, what you, what you worked for all year are bad, bugs are eating them, they're rotten, what's that tell you about the rest of the year? You're in for a hard year. If it's light, if they're good, but there's not much, how do you treat those crops? Are you wasting? If you only have so much, if you only have enough to feed your family, how do you trade with others? How do you treat that? How valuable is that crop? Those veggies, those fruits, the, 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 the animals, whatever it is, how important is that to you? Likewise, if you have a lot, what does that change? What does that mean for your year? If it's all good, if it's great, how does savings work? How does trading work? You got some things to do, right? What does that mean for us? Because I get it. We don't, I haven't grown anything. I've tried and it's died, right? <laughs> like, right? Uh, it's your paychecks. You, you get a paycheck. Where does it go to? Right off the bat. Right? What's the, what's the first thing that's coming out? Right? 
leaning on your own knowledge, on your own understanding, the world tells you, I learned years ago, decades ago, you pay your mortgage first. You gotta, you have to, it's, it's important because guess what? If you don't have a house, who cares if you have clothes or a purse or shoes, right? You, you got to pay your mortgage first and then second insurance, right? Yeah, everyone home insurance. Cause if, if a tornado, you know, like, and it's always a tornado. We live in California. If an earthquake tornado, if whatever happens, your roof falls in, whatever, you know, sure. You paid for this house, but you're still homeless. <laughs> you know, like if, if it's, if it's all gone, if a fire came, whatever happened, you got to back it up. You got to support it. Right. That's going to set you down a certain path. If the first thing you pay for is credit card bills, that's going to set you down a certain path. If the first thing you pay for is giving to a church, that's going to set you down on a certain path. And, and I joke, but that's, that's kind of what I was talking about this morning, where you go to church the first Sunday of the year. Yeah, it's one Sunday, but it's important. What's your first meal you know, you're trying to eat right. Everyone's trying to eat right. You know, like club, you know, I don't know. Everyone's trying to do the right thing. What's that first real meal you eat? Oatmeal or like veggies or something. You know what I mean? You want to start the year off right. You want to say, hey, this is my year. I want to get off right. Why? Why was your cheat meal last week? Why? Was, why? Because you say this is going to be different. And that's the same way with money. You say, this money is special. I'm going to treat it unique from the start, right? Uh, let's keep going. I know you're saying like, wow, you're spending a lot of time. I know. I'm not Scott. We're going to keep going. Uh, we're going to be fast, I promise. Then your barns, verse 10, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Uh, I see two, there's two camps usually in Christianity when it regards the money, right? And everyone knows them. You either, you're either broke, poor, you're a Christian, and money's bad, and you can't have money, and you got to give it all away, and all that stuff, right? Or the second, which is uh, the pastor with a private plane, or, you know, or, or it's, not even that, it's not even that extreme. It's just, hey, you could be doing it for the good reasons, right? Hey, I need money to give it to others. I, I, I can't spend on anything right now. I need savings. I need to get out of debt. I need savings. I need retirement so that I can give it to others. Problem. Look at this. Verse 10. What's the order? Verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and your first fruits. Verse 10. Then order of operations, right? Then you can fill up your barns. No. Then you will have enough in retirement. No. Then your barns will be filled. I ain't no mathematician, but that's some passive stuff happening to you, right? That's you doing the right thing, and then something happens, right? Right? Uh, then your barns will be filled with plenty. Is savings bad? No. Because it's good. It's, 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 it's an implied blessing that God wants to fill. But you haven't done honor the Lord yet, right? Uh, honor the Lord with your wealth. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. 
and your vats will be bursting with wine. Verse 11, my son, remember, like Scott said, this is, a, this is a dad talking to a son. So this is very masculine throughout this book. It's not talking just to boys, but this is a guy talking to his son, right? So it says, my son, do not despise the Lord discipline or be weary of his reproof. Think about this. A dad is talking to his son about reproof. Is that important? Yes. We pass this over like it's just a Bible lesson. No, this is a very real world lesson about, hey, you got to like reproof. You got to like discipline. I don't do this because this is my anger management. I don't do this because you're a kid. I don't do this because it's preference. I do this because it's important. Verse 12, why is it important? For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. He's literally saying, I love you. In a different way, he's telling his son, I love you. And this is why I do this. We can't just read these words like they're just some book read, written by some guy. This is, this is a, there's a context here saying, hey, I've been treating you. I, I've been training you. I've been showing you certain things for certain time for certain reasons because I love you. And in the same way I'm doing this, God is doing this to me. God is doing this to you because he loves me and he loves you. Verse 13, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. I thought last week wisdom was bad. Scott said it, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And, and the one who gets it un- gets understanding. Verse 14, for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver and her profit better than gold. Who's her? Did some girl just walk in? No. Get this. A dad is talking to his son and describing wisdom as the girl. Yeah, there's a ton of girls out there. Remember, this is a guy talking to a son. There's a ton of girls out there that you're going to want to pursue, that you're going to want to mess around with, that you could do whatever you want. You're going to be a kid. You're going to rule. You could do whatever. But guess who's the real girl you should be following after? Wisdom. So yeah, last week it was bad, and this is why context is so important. Yeah, you shouldn't shouldn't lean on your own understanding, on your own wisdom, but chase, follow, pursue, relentless, pretend like you like musicals for, do all the dumb stuff, get dressed up for, get excited about, fight for, defend, wisdom. It's important. Uh, Verse 15, she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways uh, of, uh, of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Do you remember last week what Scott said? 2021, I want peace. 18. She is a tree of life to all who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. 
The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. Everything he did in creation was done through her, right? Through wisdom. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul, adornment for your neck. You remember last week, the idea of neck. You put things around your neck, necklaces, identity, jewelry, right? What are you trying to say when you have things around your neck? You hold on to them. They're close to your heart. Think about the army, marine, stuff like that. Dog tags. What is that? Identity. That's who you are. You know, I was, I was making fun of the, because uh, yeah, uh, yeah, this isn't a knock on anybody at all but I make fun of junior high boys. So uh, junior high boys, they, they're in that phase where it's like, I'm a Christian, I'm going to wear a cross, right? Why do they do that? It shows who they are. It shows out, outwardly who they are as an individual. And it's saying, do that. Wear wisdom as an identity marker. That's who you are. Keep sound wisdom and description, and they will be life for your soul and an adornment for your neck. Verse 23, then, then, once again, order of operations here, then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. You got not a care in the world. And, I, and as much as I want to move past 2021, I got to say this, that, that, that there's a difference be, between concerned, there's a difference between importance, uh, there's, a, there's a difference be, between being um, safe and scared, right? There is a difference, right? What is that difference to you? There's a difference between, you know, for me, you know, there's a difference between someone who's healthy and going around. And there's a difference between someone who's in a retirement home, right? That, that, that act is different, right? What is that for you? Being able to go to sleep at night saying everything is okay. God is in control. But waking up the next day and doing stuff. Waking up the next day and wearing a mask. Waking up the next day and doing this or that, the other thing. What is that for you, right? Verse 25, do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked. When it comes, when it comes, because it will, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not in a trap, a snare. Do not withhold good from those, uh, from those to whom it is due. What is in your power to do it? Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly besides you. Do not contend with a man for no reason. When he has done you no harm, is that not like the internet right there? I'm going to post something spicy just to post something spicy, right? Like <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a debate just to start a debate, right? Uh, maybe, maybe uh, Ben, if you changed your opinion 
because of someone saying something online, I want to talk to you. I want to learn from you. I want that kind of humility in my life. I have never saw a post and changed my thoughts about anything. You could say that mashed potatoes are better than scalloped potatoes, and someone's going to fight you to the death over it, right? Like, it's just how it is, right? No, no, and maybe that's not you. Maybe that's just me, right? But, but that's the idea of just starting a fight just to start a fight, Right? Why do people love drama uh, TV so much? Because it's just sitting there watching fights happen. It's miracles. And oh my gosh, she said, what? Right? And, and all those things. And you, and you feed off of it. Right? Um, it's saying that it's not worth it. Why? Because relationships are more important. Relationships are way more important. Uh, the pettiness. I talked to. I was talking to my buddy a little bit ago about just just petty things that people fight about. And this isn't uh, this isn't a knock on debates. I love talking to people, right? But but just petty things that you're willing to die over. Honestly, it's not worth it, right? It's just not worth it. Do not thirty one. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. Verse 33. This is kind of interesting, too. You ever think, because, okay, so future king, you're talking about how you shouldn't admire violent people. Future king about taking over land, you know, their job was to rule. You're telling him, do not be envious of violent people. What is the impact of that statement? We sit back and we say, obviously, right? Like if a king is violent, uh, (laughs) it's not a good kingdom to be part of, right? If a king is violent, he's going to go and just kill people. And, and, And beyond just wars and all that stuff, just if you do anything wrong, you're going to die, if you steal, if you and you brought before a king, he's just going to straight up kill you, right? We could sit there and say, yeah, of course a king shouldn't be violent, but then me, it's different. I'm only impacting me and one other person, right? I'm, I, I can say these things online because this person isn't real, right? What I'm saying isn't actually what I would say in real life. It's just what I'm saying online, and I, and I love to watch those YouTube videos or whatever videos of people, the gotcha people, right? And they go on the street and they, 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 they're, they're doctors of their, you know, they've, they've read thousands of books and they go up to the common person and they're like, well, how do you feel about this? And the guy's like, I like it. And he's like, idiot, right? Boo, 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 fact, 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 right? That's, that's cool. But you're just starting a fight just to start a fight. It's cool to know that stuff, but, but we got to remember we can't put that over people, right? Uh, verse 33, the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. Which one do you want to be? Hmm. Okay, verse 35, the wise will inherit the earth, but the fools get disgrace. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen.
So we got, I got three points for you today. Uh, and, and just like how Scott said, this year, 2021, I want peace. And that is good. And that's how the describable, the, 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 the describable, the Bible describes, right? Peace. It's shalom. It's over your life. It, 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 it permeates everything, right? But that is not how we work as people, right? We should have peace throughout our life, but we can have peace at work and not at home. We can have peace at home, but not at work or wherever, right? So I divided up some of just what I I've heard about people talked, complained, debated, or whatever, how it impacted me 2020, and how I and how we can have peace in 2021. So the first way, financial peace. Financial peace. And this is in no particular order, right? Uh, financial peace is all about getting control and giving it to God. Get control and give it to God. Uh, if you go to any financial um, seminar, I was looking for the word, seminar, and they talk about getting right your finances and get, how to get rich and how to retire and all that stuff. The first point, 1A, the first thing they will say is get control of your finances, right? Because so many people walk around with this idea that, that they don't need to know what is in their bank account and where that bank account is being spent on right? They're, they're sitting in debt or they're sitting wherever. And, and, and there's just kind of a blank mystery. It's almost like a roulette. They call in the morning and they say, hey, what's going to happen? Right? You call and you're like, hey, there's $600 that just showed up. Oh, right? Like it just happens and it's just special, right? Uh, Ashley and I, a very special thing happened in 2020. We got out of debt. Right, we we did this thing, and and very spe like, and and it was a coincidence. Not I don't know, but it, we did we did the financial peace thing, financial peace university, and and the first thing that they talked about is getting control, making a budget. That's what it's talking about. You get money, and you figure out how to spend that money. You could spend at the end of the day, you could spend it however you want to spend it, but just know how you're spending it. Predict, make a plan, right? And, and here's the difference, though. You go to any seminar, they'll, they'll say that, and then they'll move on. And they'll talk about 401ks, and they'll talk about stocks. They'll talk about investments, all the different ways that you can make, take money, right? Good. Well, fine. Here's the problem. Once you get control, you like it. You figure it out, and you say, I kind of like this. And, you get, and, and, it's, and it's good stuff that happens. You get out of debt, and you say, whoo. There's money now that I didn't have before. The magic debt cloud is gone. And now I could buy stuff. I could do, what am I going to do? Right? You take that and you say, this is my budget. This is my money. And I want it now. Right? And, and I'm going to do whatever I want with it. How is that going to lead you? What are you going to do five years later, 10 years later, 20 years later? I would say... I, I would make the, the, the crazy assumption. I would say just as important as getting control is giving it over. The second you say, I figured it out. I got to handle it. I, I, I figured this out. I got my budget. We've, we've discussed as a couple, as a, as a single family unit, as whatever that looks like. What does God want us to do with this? 
That's when it gets exciting, folks. And that's that's super exciting because then you can say things like, hey, how can what's our gift budgets like? What what is our future like? Like, how do we work on this? Yeah, uh, maybe rent would be higher, but then we could start having people over. Maybe we could do this, that, the other thing. Maybe we could start spending money on this. We could we could support uh, a pastor through 360 serve. I we could start doing this or that. That's exciting. And you can't do that if you don't know where your money's going. And you don't want to do that if it's your money. <laughs> right? Verse 9 and 10, honor the Lord, right? Remember this, honor the Lord with your wealth. We, as Rock Bible, like, we, man, I got to say, like, I've been here for like eight years, nine years, ten years, five years? No. Today? Five years? That's wrong. I've been here for 20 years, Right? And, and and I could count, I think, probably on less than, like, one hand of how many, like, financial sermons Scott gives, right? Because it's just not a – he just doesn't want to talk about it, right? Like, it's, people get offended, and it's just not worth it. Let's talk about other things, right? And also, just the way we talk about things is unless the Bible brings it up, we just don't talk about it, right? We, we just naturally go through the Bible, and, and once we get it, we talk about it. And, and we got to understand, the Bible does talk about finances, this is not something that we need to be hiding about. We, this is not something that we have to be secret about. This is not something that we have to be ashamed to talk about, right? The world says this is private and that it's your budget. That's not how the Bible presents it. That all this money, all these good things, all these blessings that we get are from God and are God's. And we're stewards. And that's special. How do you trust God with your finances if you haven't given them to God? If they're yours and he, and he has nothing to do with it, and you're making all the action, why in the world would you thank him when something has gone right? If you have made every single action, if you've done everything, if you've worked hard and you got the paycheck and you made the right financial actions and you did the investments and you you, you are not going to bring God into this. Why would you? If God has blessed you with a job and a paycheck and a steady income and a living situation and a great place to live, a safe place like Northern California, if God has done all these things, of course, you, of course you're going to say thank you. Why wouldn't you? If he has blessed you entirely with your finances, why wouldn't there be peace? If he said, I am in control and I'm bigger than your debt, your retirement, your house payment, your kid's college fund, if I'm bigger than that, why would you not have peace? We do it all the time. We stress because we've taken that and we've kept it. Get control, and we need to give control. Number two, so financial peace. Number two, relationship peace. Relationship peace. We, we saw some relationship stuff in 2020. The action item, what do we need to do? Love without hesitation. Now, in this, in this passage, and I'm not going to read it because of time, but verse 28 through 31, you can look. This is talking about the times that you could do something 
but we don't. This isn't the times where you don't have, we, we don't have the money, we don't have food, we can't help. It's not what this is talking about. This is talking about when someone approaches us and we say, come back later, right? Uh, working at a church uh, and working at, you know, and being a person who um, lo- loves Costco, right? We were put in a, we were put in a situation where uh, the church wasn't meeting physically, right? We weren't meeting physically. And, and Ashley and I, uh, we go to Costco. We're two people, right? And our cats don't use telepaper. We had a lot of toilet paper going around. And, and I was just, I texted the staff, the family, a couple, you know, elderly people in the church and stuff like that. And I was just, Hey, do you guys need toilet paper like or paper towel or anything like that? It was astounding, astounding how many people were shocked by that. When this all went down, how shocked people were just for someone to just offer it up. We had 40 rolls from Costco. We bought a pack. It just happened to be there. We needed it. And love without hesitation saying, hey, I got this. I can help you. And here's the greatest part. And, and here's the wonderful thing. And here's what I love. Um, because I do this all the time. People hate it. Um, like we'll go out to food, we'll go out anywhere. And I'm, I, I just pay, I try. Right. And I just do it. And like, I do it with like my family and Ashley's family and all that stuff. And they always are like, Oh, let me pay you back. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to. And they say, why I say there's going to be a day where I'm going to need you. And I don't want to feel bad by asking. I want this relationship to not be built on debt. I want this relationship to built off of helping each other. I want this relationship to be built off of generosity. And if you owe me and then I owe you and I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I know me. I'm not going to ask for help. I know me too well. And I'm going to be in the hospital. I'm going to be out of a job. I'm going to be in a situation when I honestly truly need you. And I'm not going to ask for help because we built a relationship off of debt. I don't want that. I want our relationship to be off of generosity, right? And uh, this is, uh, gosh, I don't even like, I try, I try to, I try to, when I, when I'm a bad person, I'm very upfront with you guys, right? Like when I, when I'm not good at this, I don't want to portray that I'm good at this. So I'll say like, Hey, this is talking about emotional security and that's not me. Right. And, and, and this is talking about loving each other, crying with each other. That's not me. Right. And I'm just saying, we, we started to figure this out. When we started to make a, bet, a budget, when we started to talk about these things, right? We, we said, I want to be a generous family. I want to help others, right? And, and because of that, we've, we started on this journey that we're working on, right? So uh, long story short, I don't want to toot my own horn at all. But um, ver- okay, so we got financial uh, peace. We got relationship peace. Lastly, spiritual peace. Dear Lord. People need spiritual peace and eyes people, right? <laughs> Just this idea that, that, that you go to bed at night knowing your relationship with God. Who is he? To you. I don't care. You know, like we could talk about philosophy and who God is. All that. Who is God to you, right? So action item, spiritual peace, action item, know God and fear him. Know God and fear him. Figure out who God is and act like it. We say fear. Fear is a, is a bad word, right? If you fear your dad, if you fear your teacher or principal, if you fear cops, that's bad, right? That's just not how the Bible presents fear. 
If you fear God, you're in a good place. You figured out he is bigger, stronger, wiser, knows what he's doing, and he's got it. If you look back at 2020 and fear God, you're going to have a far different perspective on 2020 than someone who doesn't know God and doesn't fear God. Now, this isn't a sermon about last year. Like I said, I'm done with last year. Looking forward, if you fear God, know God, look forward to 2021, knowing that he is in control, you're going to say, you're going to act, you're going to think about 2021 differently that says, oh, I woke up January 1st, 2021. Nothing's different. Why would it be? Because at the end of the day, It's an arbitrary number. There's nothing magic that happened. The virus is still out there. Your work problems are still there. Your spouse problems are still there. Everything is still there. Nothing has changed. But if you go into 2021 saying, I'm going to know God and I'm going to fear God, everything has changed. Everything you're going to approach your job differently. You're going to approach life differently. You're going to approach saving, finances, uh, relationships, everything differently because you know God and you know he is in control. How do you go into 2021 trusting God? This. More than anything else, this. You can't have financial peace if you think that God hates you. You can't have relationship peace if you think that God is not for you. You can't have any sort of peace if you think your eternal life is gone. You can't have this limited time uh, life and be happy if you think for all eternity God is going to punish you. You can't. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Take today and start thinking spiritual peace. Knowing God, what does it look like? Now, before I end, I, if you saw the notes online, um, there's, there's a fourth one because, um, I, I like giving homework and, and I understand that, um, this year has been rough and, and life is rough and I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like I know everything that happened to you. This one is for you to fill out something, peace, action item. What do you need to, what do you need peace in action item? What does God want you to do specifically? Don't make it a paragraph. There's a little line. Fit it on that line. Don't write a two-page essay about how you're going to start figuring it out and do all these things and step by step. Uh, I want want, uh, physical peace. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to, you know, this isn't isn't a 10-point, you know, bulletin point about how every step along the way. This is just, hey, real quick, I need this piece. How am I going to do it? And that's what 2021 is all about. It's getting that peace, that shalom, that's going to resonate through your entire life. Take an hour, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, I don't know. Figure out one way that you need peace and one action item. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, 
We thank you for today. We thank you for 2021, God. We give it to you. We surrender it to you, God. We know that we, <laughs> 2020 brought us anything, told us anything, knows that we're not in control. Like at the end of the day, we can lie to ourselves. We can kind of try to believe it, but we know at the end of the day, we're not in control. Pray that we, we give that control over to you, God, both in our hearts and minds, God. Pray for all these things in your name. The running, the running theme throughout this sermon was give. If you're looking for, if you're that type of person who does that, like your, you know, word for the year, whatever, I don't know. It might be give. Give it a shot. Give your finances. Give, give your finances. <laughs> give from your finances to the Lord to others. Give your time, your energy. Figure out what your, your relationship is with God and give it over. So 2021, go with him this week and the whole year. Have a great week.